a little Norris. A Norris foxing around here. First oh, off, first off, thirty on Broadway. First off, Adam Fox does not say whoop whoop. Okay, Adam Fox no. is really good. He does not whoop whoop Nick, on the ice. Nick Parrott says whoop whoop. <laughs> That's true. I do. That's my line, man. That, that is my line. And for, I was gonna leave it for you. I was gonna just play that and see if you would have yeah. cho- jumped on it right away. But then I was like, eh, I don't know. That was hard yeah. to do. That's and, the great technical production that you get from Thirty on Broadway. Oh, that's yeah, that's some fantastical top, top quality content. Yeah, that's seen some, nowhere else. That's some fantastical production by you. I'll tell you. All right, so so hey, it's the off season. But it's, it's been, okay. We got some stuff been, to talk about. It's been the off season. It's for been two the months. off season for a little bit for us. But hey, Adam Fox gets in. I am pleasantly shocked that he got in. I mean, he I'm deservedly not, he deserves I'm, to be in there. I'm not surprised. I mean, he should be in there. He he had a hell of a season. Well, again, should be and would be is is, is too. Big great unknown. It's like the great beyond. You know, with with the NHL writers and the voters, you know, what is going to happen? No, but now now comes the true test. Do the NHL writers go whoop whoop and decide to, you know, be like, oh, it's a second year. We can't give we can't give Menoris a second year. The three shouldn't get it. Well, right, okay. that, that's what leads to be curious. I mean, look, the the finalists obviously Kale McCarr, Adam Fox, Vic, Victor Hedman's numbers. Uh, look, you could you could make a viable argument that Charlie McAvoy should be in the top three. You could make you, you could that I argument. won't I won't. Unlike a lot of other Ranger fans, I you have could no put him over Victor Hedman this year. I have no issue with Hedman being there. I, I don't, but you could make the argument there's a few other players that could be in over him this year. He's not running. He he's he hasn't run away with it. Again, he's the least of the three that should win. Again, you could make the argument. Keyword is should. Look, oh. and, and I understand what you're saying. You're not going to make that argument because it's Victor Hedman, and it's kind of Victor Hedman's trophy to lose. Kind of. Like Ways Roman Yossi had a great season or a better season than he had. You know, you could use that argument. But there's there's players, there's other players that could get consideration. I am actually really curious to see once the final tally is where the votes actually go. Because there's it, quite a few players that don't ever come up. But I'm pleasantly surprised. Fox is going to finish third. I, I hate to. I, it's just my gut feeling. He shouldn't. He shouldn't. He, he shouldn't. But I think he's going to. I mean, he's had a better season than Kale McCarr. He had a better season than both guys. He's had a better season. But, he had a runaway season compared to Victor Hedman. But, but you think it'll be Hedman, McCarr, and Fox? Yes, because I think the stupid pro hockey writers association. It is going to say, yeah, well, A, his team didn't make the playoffs, and B, you know, we're not giving him a Norris in his first season. 
How many how many years do people were people like you know Shea Weber should win an artist. Shea Weber would should be an artist. And yeah, he, there's a few and players he, there that are on the list. He constantly got passed over, and then the year that everybody was like, "Okay, Weber shouldn't win it this year," was the year he won because the league was like the 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 hockey writers association was like, "Well, we passed over him like three times. I guess now it's time to, <laughs> you know, now it's time he actually gets one." I mean, you could argue Jacob Chikrin could should be a final. You could make that argument. That one, you have a better argument with that than you do with McAvoy. But uh, I mean, there's there's certain things that are you know, and uh, again, they, they come down to the final three. Do I have a problem with it? No, but I think there's. What are you going to say that there's not a better option? I mean, you're you're really going to run into that that situation. But I will say this: if if Fox finishes third, I'll be that. That's I think that's a travesty. Um, I mean, look, I I look I just, at it this way. I've always. I've always told Ranger fans I don't judge Ranger players off of awards. Like, should a Tammy Panarin have won the Hart last year? Yeah, in my opinion, yes. Because in the term of most valuable to the team, he was the most valuable to his team. And I know people right. will look at what Drysaddle did when McDavid was out. McDavid only missed like five games. It wasn't like Connor McDavid went down and missed all this time. Like, was it more than that? Is it like eight? No, I don't think so. But it wasn't like McDavid. Like it's bigger stretch than that. It wasn't like McDavid missed an exorbitant amount of time where it was like, oh, you know, he really carried. He did. He carried the load when McDavid went down. But from start to finish last year, Artemi Panarin, in my opinion, was the Hart Trophy winner because. The New York Rangers don't sniff the playoff, you know, don't sniff the play-in round, if not for Panarin being superhuman. So, it's one of those things where if you actually vote by the criteria, which they never do, so it, it it's very it's it, you know it's all relative in a, in a sense. But like, I never judge Ranger players off of awards. I don't judge them off of All Stars. Because a lot of it is biased and it's a lot of it is garbage. So because it just it goes by, you know you could you kinda of use that work, the anti New York, and it is real. That's that, that's real across a lot of sports, it's not just the range. It's real in baseball with the Yankees. I mean, hands down. Um it's been it's been relevant before with the Knicks. It's been relevant before with the Giants, not the Jets, right? So much because I mean, hey, they suck. But you you know, just, that's neither here nor there. I didn't have to. Anytime I have a chance to do it, I shouldn't really say anything bad. I, look, listen, I don't want to say yeah. anything bad about the Mets. I like the Mets. The Mets are, and look, they're first in the division. You know, you know, the reason why you talk about the Jets oh. so much is because you're a front-running Patriot fan, like all Patriots fans. None of you guys are diehards. Oh, none of you, none of you actually know about suffering. None of you really, because if I ask any Patriot fan who Tony Eason is, they're gonna look at me. Duh, who? <laughs> oh, I don't know who that is. Oh God! So, yeah, but you're going back. I mean, you're you're talking. It's like, it's like the people like grow 
when I was growing up that used to say, oh, you're a Yankee fan only because they're winning championships. I can't help it that I was born in the late 80s and that my dad had seats, box seats to the Yankees. I, I got lucky. He could have had box seats to the Mets. God, that would have sucked. But, yeah, they you know, he did it. I, I got lucky. Real suffering. I moved, I moved, you know, I moved to Connecticut. My my father and the family not big on football. My the other people in my family huge Giants fans. So you you say suffering. Imagine me having to deal with my family for two Super Bowls. Oh uh, yeah, my heart bleeds for you with six championships or man. seven. Wait, how many? So you bring, oh yeah, Brady won you six. I lost count so of how bad. many Brady's won. It was yeah. so bad. Yeah, it was my, so bad. My heart, my poor heart bleeds for you, Chris. It absolutely bleeds for you. It must be poor you. I, I mean, I, seriously, poor you. It was you. horrible. Poor you winning six. I can't help it that I didn't come up on the era of Tony Eason. It was like one of the worst quarterbacks of, the worst quarterbacks of all time. For the, ever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I can't help that. And Patriot fans. I can't help it. Yeah. Yeah. If you didn't believe in us when we were down seven, don't believe in us now. Yeah, you're all a bunch of front runners. <laughs> really? Oh God! Really? Oh bunch. Lord! All right. No, well, not. Right, we get off of this not, soapbox. No, no, because every time you always want to take a shot at the Jets, and it pisses me off. Why not? The Jets are just ripe for taking shots at. It. Look, your beloved coach was at a freaking Islanders game wearing an Islanders jersey. Hey, you know it's what? All, all it's disgusting. All, all gas, no brakes, baby. It's all gas, no brakes. Yeah, you know how that ends. That doesn't always end well. Well, usually it ends for me on the bowl. All gas. Yeah, you know. Oh, boy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sorry. You had to go there. I saw a chance to make a dad joke. I had to do it. Yeah, that was brutal. <sighs> that was brutal. You're welcome. That was, that was all gas, no ass. My my grandfather Melvin is looking down and smiling on me right Melvin. now. Melvin. Melvin's yes. looking at you, just, you son of a bitch. All right, so look, I I I'm really curious to see how it shakes out. I'm curious to see how the votes come in. Um, I I would have thought throughout most of the season that it's like it's either McCarr or Foxes to win. Um, and I think that that's fair to say. I, I think okay. You want to give Victor Hedman his his nod as a finalist? Okay, people this wasn't a great be, season for Victor. People Hedman. are people are going to be real upset when Victor oh, yeah. Hedman is the Norris Trophy winner because Victor Hedman doesn't deserve it this season. And I'm not saying he's a, he, he just doesn't. In my in my opinion, and just looking at the overall stats on all sides, looking at the advanced stats, looking at his overall stats, and looking at his player stats, he doesn't deserve it. He doesn't. And it shouldn't be based on prior or 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 historical. It should be based on the season. Yeah, that's and a, he hasn't that's, had that's, the best that's season. That's great. That's You're an ideal. Money. You're an idealist. You are an idealist. The idea that something should oh, be know. done should be done, done the, the way right it way. is. Should yeah, you you right are way. you are an idealist, and you know mm. I love you, but you know it, it's the same thing with people that I know that. You know, well, there's double standards, and it's not fair. Well, you're right. There are double standards in life. All right. So, you know, there whether it's fair or not, that's just the way the world works. And Ranger fans have to, right or wrong, and look, I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying this is the way that the world works, 
and I understand this, so I don't lose sleep over it. But so, call it out. Call it out for the fraud that it is. I always do, and it is fraud. It's garbage. But this is the way of the world. You know, really, should Drew Doughty have uh, What year was it that uh, Doughty won the Norris over Eric Carlson? Oh, wasn't that the year the Senators ran to the – was it 16, 2016? It might it have been. Was I it mean, the year – well, it would have been back-to-back for Carlson. I mean, but does anybody look at that like and was like, you know – you just remember the public outrage that Drew Doughty won that North. And it, it was justified. Doughty never should have won that North. But it was literally the league doing what I said What I said that they do. You know, hey, look, we got to give it to them. It, or not the league. It was the, the Pro uh, Hockey Writers Association. I think the most fair thing to do with awards, and I've said this for a while, that all awards should be like the Ted Lindsay. And they should be voted on by the players. Because I think too many times the hockey writers that they let their own personal biases get in the way of how they vote. Whether the guy's not good to them in interviews, whether the guy's a bad quote, you know, whatever. And they look at, oh, here's my chance. I could I could get it back. Which is petty. But you can't tell me that it's never been done. It's the same thing with, like, the baseball writers trying to be the moral majority with the Hall of Fame. It's just one of those things. These writers have a certain, you know, they have the the pen is mightier than the sword. So they hold a lot of players' face. I mean, Dan Boyle called Larry Brooks and Brett Segalis out about it in his only good moment as a New York Ranger. It was, it's just, writers can be vindictive. They can be, in in a word, they can really just be assholes. And that's why I really hate that the, like, like a guy like Steve Simons, Simmons, Simons, whatever, in Toronto. You think, you think if Phil Kessel was was up for the Hart Trophy, he'd ever vote for Phil? I I don't know if he would vote for any Toronto Maple Leaf. No, 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 but not even that. Like the way he ran Phil Kessel out of Toronto, do you oh. think if 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 he had a vote for the Hart no. Trophy, do you think no. he could ever put his personal bias aside to vote for Phil Kessel? No, absolutely not. And that's part of the problem. That's why I hate the the Pro Hockey Writers Association. It's why I hate these awards because, in my opinion, it really doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean what it's supposed to because. A lot of these, a lot of these writers are going to try and take take matters into their own hands, and you know, exert their their power over the players. Because let's be real, they don't have power over these players often. So when they do, man, they're gonna wield it. And it's just it to me, it, it's not right. It's not fair. It's garbage. But it is what it is. It's the system we have. So I think Ranger fans need to, while we're happy that Fox got the recognition for being a finalist, set ourselves up for failure that Adam Fox will not win the Norris Trophy. I think and then a, we riot. I think that's a fair sentiment, don't you? Yeah, I, I do. But I just I will go on myself, Fox, and say that Victor Hedman should not be the winner. 
I'm fine with Kale McCarr or or Adam Fox. I think Adam Fox should win it. I think he deserves it. I don't buy the oh, it's too soon. Because if it's too soon, then why you know why has Kale McCarr been been such such high high highly touted? Um, I I think it's McCarr or Fox, and I lean on the Fox the Fox side of it. You want to say it's bias? I don't care. Whatever. But I think I don't think it, either one of them should lose it over Victor Herman. I think part so, of it is. They look at it, if we give the guy the Norris in his first couple of years, or, you know, his first one or two years, they do it as a, you got to show me that this is a, a consistent type of deal. Which is Not, stupid. It's, it's ridiculous. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. Because it's a year-by-year award. It's, it's, it's not a, because I, what have I you think, done? I think the writers don't want to look back in 10 years and be like, we gave that guy a Norris Trophy. He was out of the league, you know, three years after that. Yeah, but so what? That could be from anything. So no, no, you know, I like, agree. I'm just saying. I no, I know what that's... you're saying. You're you're using the logic of of what's not logic, but I know what you're saying. It's Fox's. It's 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 Foxy baby. If, it if Hedman be. wins it, uh, if Hedman wins it, I'll be pissed. I'll 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 understand what you're saying, but I'll be pissed. If McCarr wins it, I'll be like, well, you know what? McCarr's a hell of a freaking defenseman. I mean, McCarr is arguably the best defenseman in the game, so he should get it. Hedman's not the best defenseman in the NHL right now. And he's not in the top three, in my opinion. He's close to not being in the top five. Well, that now you just I'm done. And I'm not knocking I'm not knocking him, but yeah. I think Nah, nah, I think there's four or five other defensemen that are better than Victor Hedman this year. This year. Overall, no. This year. And that's what is supposed to matter for the awards. Who are your five better defensemen this year? I'm, I'm curious. My five better are Fox, McCarr, Jacob Chikrin. I could, you could make an argument Charlie McAvoy has had a better season. No. Charlie McAvoy, Charlie McAvoy has not had a better. I think you can make an argument. No. Shea Theodore. I, I'll give you a little bit on that. Um, trying to think. I feel like I have another. That well, would be my five right off the top of my head. I was going to say, you, you're better since you're knocking this guy out of the top five. You better have. You know. I, didn't say, I didn't say out of the top five, but I said it's close. So if you want to go for top four, I could I could say an argument of 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 Fox, McCarr, Theodore, Chikrin, and a toss on you know is it McAvoy or Hedman? And I'm probably missing one or two there in that list, just coming off the top of my head. I'm just telling you right now, Charlie McAvoy did not have a better year than Victor Hedman. I'm just being I'm just being honest. No. I'm just no, you can't. There is no argument. No, there, no, you can't. There's no argument. There, there, okay, you, you're, you're not the, the train that, the train that could. The, the, the. the <laughs> I think I can. I think I can. No, you can't. Charlie McAvoy did not have a better season than Victor Hedman. Sorry. I just hate the Bruins because of Phil Lespo. You cannot say anything good about the. That's not true. I love Patrice Bergeron. I love that. Patrice Bergeron and David Posternock. So there you go. So suck right. a... Okay, there you go. Yeah, All right. Yeah. All right, really. so when Boston but, gets eliminated tonight... But while and, we're on... 
while we're on Bruce the Cassidy gets fired, do you want him? Hell no. <laughs> but that's just because I don't think Cassidy's that good of a head coach. So. All right. But, now let's but, transition to the coaches. But story. wait, 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 wait. Since since oh. since, he, since he said it, since he said it, Phil Esposito, you suck. I hate you. All there right. you go. We never should have traded Brad Park. And retire his damn number. Okay. Now, coaches, you wrote an article on the FHN.net where there's many articles, great articles, quite frankly, some really good stuff. A lot of teams, a lot of coverage, some more coverage coming. It's going to be bigger and better. You wrote an article, it's Gallant and no one else, kind of with an asterisk. You did a little. I, you, you did the dot dot dot, but you kind of put an asterisk in this. I did a little bit. Now, look, I want. I'm gonna point a couple things out. If it's not Gallant, I think we're under the agreement that it better be Rod Brindamore. It, yeah, it, it's now. It's, is it going to be Rod Brindamore? Is Carolina gonna go completely full stupid? I. No, I can't. I can't imagine it. Insert Robert Downey Jr. quote here. I cannot imagine that that Tom Dundon, Don Waddell will go, as you just said, quote Tropic Thunder, Robert Downey Jr. Not going to do that, but you don't go full bleep. Um, It's 2021. We can't say that. Yeah, I can't say that no more. You don't do it. I cannot imagine. I, I know. I understand the hang up is on the fact that Brindamore wants his entire staff taken care of. And I understand it fully, especially if you've seen some of the stuff that Tom Dundon has done since becoming the the the, uh, the majority guy, the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes. There's been a lot of great things. There's been a lot of great things, but there's been some other, there's been some things with some very tenured people and some very well-respected people in the organization going back to Hartford Whaler days that have been kind of cast aside and burned. Um, so I can understand the, the sentiment of Rod Brindamore. He wants to make sure his, his guys are taken care of. I understand that. And I respect that. Now, the funny thing to me is, is the Rangers can do that too, because guess what? The Rangers have a wide open staff. Yep. They can be like, hey, just bring them all. One one shoe fits all. Take We'll take the whole bunch. I mean, I look. Carolina can't be that dumb. Right, I mean, they can't. You would think they can't. So the argument really is, it's Gerard Gallant, unless the Carolina Hurricanes do something that would potentially set back their franchise. Not and, potentially, it would. There's the only yeah. way. The only way Carolina could justify it is if they then hire Gallant and then return. and then figured out the goaltending thing. Right. Which so. is which is a big reason why they're out. So no, it's shocked. it's the reason, which well well it's their lack of discipline too. Wait a second, somebody said that. Who said that? I don't know. Some guy, some, some, some schmuck with a microphone. That's right. You know, so pretty, pretty smart. we brought up the drug a lot, and you brought up a couple of points in your article, and I wanted to talk about it today because it's come up in discussions with some other people, and and notably, I've seen it a lot on Facebook. I've seen it on Reddit and at some other areas. And I think a lot of people are just looking at 
the stat line and not really doing a dive into things. So I wanted to kind of spend a little bit of time on this, on why we really think Gallant is is the guy. And it's not just because, oh, he got Florida to the postseason or, oh, he got Vegas on that memorable cup run. Those hold, those hold value, but it's the, the pieces that go all around it. Um, well, the- case in point. When he went into Florida, Florida had made the playoffs one time since 2000, and that was the 2011-2012 season, and he took over in, I believe, 2014-2015. That was Sasha Barkov's second season in the NHL. Aaron Ekblad and Vinny Trocek were rookies. Jonathan Huberto was his third season. He took that team from 66 points to 91. They missed the playoffs, but the following year... They jumped to what 103 points? 103 points, first place in the and Atlantic Division. And all in the time of developing what is now the Florida Panthers core. And the argument you could use is had the Florida Panthers not gone and done what we're all kind of hoping the Carolina Hurricanes do and blow it up. You only you just wonder where the Carolina or the Florida Panthers could have been by now because what, what people date the course. What people forget is after Gallant's first year behind, or second year behind the bench, Dale Talon moved up to president of hockey ops, and they made Tom Rowe general manager. Tom right. Rowe is extremely analytical, and I'm not saying analytics are bad, but Dale Talent had built that team with the old school approach. Okay, it wasn't a lot of, it wasn't an analytical darling, let's say. And and they brought in and they brought in Bob Bugner. Well, no, 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 no. they they brought in the boogeyman after they fired Gallant. But after 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 Gallant was fired. Well, after Gallant was fired, Tom Rowe stepped down behind the stepped bench. Behind the bench. Uh, but they brought in Keith Yandel. They brought in – I wonder, I can't remember all their offseason moves that year. But Rowe brought in players. That, he traded away Jimmy Hayes for Riley Smith. Jimmy Hayes, who had played well under Gerard Gallant. And I'm not saying that Jimmy Hayes is some great player that you know you need to hold on to. But what I'm saying is – the GM completely disregarded the how the previous regime had done things and just said, okay, I'm going to do everything my way. It's my way or the highway. And pretty much forced the new approach on Gallant. It was, he didn't want Gallant there, and he made it abundantly known by how he handled things. And, and long story short, they missed the playoffs for three straight seasons after that. Yep. Where the team was right on the precipice of – you know, who knows what what could have been. They end up missing the playoffs for three straight seasons. Then they get Joe Quenville behind the bench. And, you know, obviously we know where, where they're at now. Then you also go to, he goes to Vegas. He's part of the Misfits, really. He's really part of the Misfits. Yeah. Because he's part of the guys that are cast off. Look, no one picked this Vegas Golden Knights team to be a strong team. No one picked them to even be a threat in the playoffs. And look well, what happened. And look how he developed Jonathan Marcheseau. 
Coming off his 30-goal season in Florida. Riley Smith. And William Carlson. William Carlson. Just just to name a few. Got the most out of Derek England. Okay. Uh, Helped turn Braden McNabb's game into a top four defenseman. Managed a hellfire of goaltending issues. In that in that inaugural, in inaugural season. season with Flurry getting hurt. I mean they had I think I think they ran through five or six starting goaltenders at one Got point. Got the best production out, out of, of everyone James, out of James Neal in his yep. NHL career. Yep. And that's that's with James Neal playing in Pittsburgh with Sidney Crosby. And that was the best hockey James Neal has ever played. That that inaugural Vegas Golden Knights team, that roster was not good. Like I mean Okay, I've seen worse, but that roster was not a roster. No, that you, you don't sit there and say they're going to the Stanley Cup final. That that should have been three wins away from winning a Stanley Cup. That roster was not that good. It was not that quality. And then the second year, they were victims of one of the worst calls in NHL postseason history. I think even Kerry Frazier would agree on the non-call on Wayne Gretzky. Sorry, Leaf fans, had to bring that up. Just had to stick that one in your crawl. <laughs> uh, uh, but it was one of the worst calls I've ever seen. And, you know, and granted, Vegas was up three games to one in that series and had three chances to close it out and didn't. So that is on them. But this is a good coach. This is a coach who can not only develop your young talent, but can also win games with that young talent while he's developing them. Like, yeah. why would you not want that? And and I think the firing of him in Vegas was a a trigger happy move by Kelly McCrimmon, who don't forget Kelly McCrimmon was made the new GM after. Uh, wow, I just drew a complete blank George on McPhee. George McPhee had started that whole thing, and Kelly McCrimmon was under him. He then became the full-time, the, the the GM, who also happened to be a former head coach himself, a good head coach in juniors. Um, then you, you take a look at the total disregard of patience by Bill Foley and really by the front office of Vegas. I mean, Vegas has gone all in, and you got to love it as a fan. A fan, you gotta love it. Vegas's front office is very short-sighted, but they are—they are one thousand percent committed. They—they kind of—they kind of have the Steinbrenner syndrome. They're gonna do whatever it takes to win, and that—that that is great. As a fan, you—you—you you, you absolutely love that. As a fan, it could be a bit nerve-wracking for the player and for coaches because you never know what's gonna happen. But the reason behind them firing Gallant was so stupid that the players were too comfortable that they thought. So if you think the players but are too was, comfortable, yeah, there was the talk that the players had become too comfortable. That's where you make a trade. That's where you saw Joel Quinville in Florida. He thought that that room had become too comfortable, so they decided to trade Vincent Trocheck for Eric Holla. Right. Like that—that's a move you make. You move out, you know, a player. You know, you move out of Jonathan Marcheseau. I mean, I, you know, that would be. But like, you do something like that to shake up the room. 
there are not an infinite number of good coaches. When, when you look at any sport across the board, you have probably about two or three great ones, maybe three or four good ones, and then the rest are just average depending on how you build the roster. So yeah, it, and, and again, it was a knee-jerk reaction. You know, so, so that's the thing. A lot of people will point back to, oh, well, you know, he got fired. You know, he, he, he hasn't had a long tenure anywhere he's gone. He was fired un- unceremoniously in Florida. And look at the players he had. Well, it just showed you. He had all the guys that everybody rants and raves about extremely early on in their career. They're, they're just developing. He has completely unexpected and really put himself in a bad spot with the great success he had in the first season of Vegas and then having ownership that is, you know, they get a taste of, you know, right out the gate, Bill Foley says, we're going to compete for a Stanley cup. They go out and do it to, to the shock of the world, really. And they're there every year. Now the expectation is you're going to win a cup. So you put this level of standard on yourself and then sure the the Knights weren't having a great season. But they were four points out of first. And, yeah, they were in the middle of a four-game losing streak. And they say, oh, we got to make a change. And they haven't really gotten any better. As great of a playoff coach in Game 7s as Pete DeBoer is, you haven't really gotten any better. No, last year was it? What was it? Uh, The conference final, right? Yeah, against Dallas. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, I I I use that as look at the reasonings behind it. And one, you get a total disregard for management, and you look at how the Panthers in the Panthers case I, I'm talking, and you look at how the team went backwards after that firing, and you look at the knee jerk reaction in in Vegas. They're not really things where you could point to and say. Yeah, he really messed up here. There really isn't those cases. He is the kind of coach that will let his players play through their mistakes. Where, you know, like we saw with David Quinn, David Quinn will have a short leash with his younger players because he wants them to fit X mold. And that's the problem and that's the problem with a lot of coaches. They don't adjust to their roster. They want their roster to adjust to them. And, and well, that is why I do not want Rick Tockett as the head coach for the Rangers. You know that point right there. It's you know this is how I want to play. Okay, well that's great. Do you have the personnel to play that way? No. Right. You know, well they need to they need to play the way I want them to play. No, that's not how it works. Great coaches change how they coach to fit their players that they have. So that's why I really like Gerard Gallant. Gallant can co- And I know everybody's going to say, yeah, well, why didn't he do that then with the analytical players in, in Florida? Look, when you have... And, and, and there's no doubt in my mind that if they gave him enough time, he would have figured it out with that group. Because I, I, I... But I firmly think that Tom Rowe wanted him gone they didn't get along. New GM wants to bring in his own guy, wants to do it his own way. So right. I think Roe was dead set on, 
you know what? The first sign of trouble, I'm getting rid of him. And you know what? Tom Rowe built a really terrible roster because if he was so, if his roster was so great and his plan was so amazing, then when he stepped behind the bench, they should have went to the playoffs and turned it around, yeah, and it didn't and, happen. And, and anything they actually went one game under, they went one game more than they were with Gallant behind the bench. So yeah, I mean, look, I I, I look at it as again, Gerard Gallant. You have to separate the situations on why he was dismissed because, like we just said, I think that's pretty good arguments. Um, guys like a a Rick Tockett, who has interviewed twice with the Rangers, has not had successful coaching campaigns at all. He didn't have one in Tampa when he was a head coach. He didn't have one in Arizona when he was a head coach. Well, sure, I he would, got the Arizona okay, Coyotes I'll, I'll to the playoffs. This. I'll say this. He had marginal success with the Coyotes. But the thing is, is the only reason that that team even got into the play-in round last season was because the year ended. That team but, was an absolute okay. tire but, fire. But you have to look at it, too. Based on expectations, and you're somebody that lives out there, and based on the roster that was put together, nobody expected the Coyotes to make the playoffs last year. No, but you also look at the 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 back and forth between him and OEL. OEL not fitting into his system, into how he wants it. Now OEL is basically a shell of the player that he always that he was before. Uh, you've got players that are offensively minded that you're playing a style that doesn't fit. The guys like Clayton Keller, Nick Schmaltz, Christian Dvorak, just to, just to name a couple. You know Connor Garland can kind of fit the mold of anything, so it's always kind of worked. But even in that case, he never really stuck but... to Garland, Schmaltz, and Keller, which was a dynamic line for them. And he but, always would break them up at the first sign of trouble, which on, is a big problem. But the, the biggest other, thing, hold on, on the, the biggest hand. thing, wait, 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 the biggest thing and the biggest credit to Rick Tockett's tenure as head coach of the Arizona Coyotes and the, and the math and everything is there. I laid it out in an article on the FHN.net under the ice cactus. He rode the backs of two superb goaltenders. That's it. Well, the, okay. the, the numbers and everything are all there. Without but, Darcy Kemper or, or, or Auntie Ranta or Aiden Hill, the Arizona Coyotes aren't even remotely in the conversation for anything other than the bottom of the basement. But I'll say this. He did help develop Jacob Chikrin, who you love. Jacob Chikrin. You could, yeah, I mean, you could say he – but you could also use the argument of – Jacob Chikrin was expected to be as good as he is now. This is what he was expected to be out of the gate, but he had all the injuries leading up to it. But still, either it's way. The same, it's kind of the we, same argument that people could use of, say, oh, well, David Quinn developed Adam Fox. I don't buy that it, for it's apple. It's apples and oranges. It's apples and oranges. And I'll say this. Tockett, at least, he could have went the Lindy Ruff way and absolutely destroyed chikrin like uh like rough and av did with shay that is true that is true i'll give you that so but i just look at any of the other coaches that are available oh yeah potentially available i don't want i'm not i'm not saying i'm not saying that rick tockett's my guy rick tockett's not my guy but to think that gerard gallant is not the answer for the rangers and isn't the potential guy to get them over this the the hump you have no idea what you're talking about 
And I'll just, say you this. You just have no idea what you're talking about. And I'll say this for for you know Dolan wants the Rangers to be tougher to play against, and that mindset will come with Gerard Gallant. It, it, while they're going to be a skilled team and they're gonna they're going to be fast and they're you know they're going to put up goals, you're. I could firmly see if the Rangers, if and when the Rangers hire him, because I still believe that Gallant's the guy. If and when the Rangers hire him, I think you're going to see the Rangers have kind of like a fourth line like Vegas. I could see them going out and getting a Pierre Edward Belmar. be really nice. You know, I, I could... Gallant's going to have have you play tough. He's going to make sure his guys are protected. So... He's going to be no back down. But to think that... To, to think... That the Rangers' window of Stanley Cup right now is now, and your coach that you're making, your decision of your coach, is is basically, you know, some of the comments I've seen is, you know, the Rangers' window is now, and is Gerard Gallant the guy that will get them over the hump to winning a Stanley Cup? First off, the Rangers' window hasn't even opened yet. It hasn't even opened. The Rangers are not a Stanley Cup contender as of right now. So saying that the window is is now is is insane it's crazy it's just sheer lunacy the window is beginning to open the window is there the the idea is having a coach that can bring you from where you are right now to a stanley cup level and sustain that and i don't see where you don't get that with gerard Gallant. this should be if it's made if it's made official that Gerard Gallant is the coach, this should be like Gerard Gallant's final stop. That's how much faith and how much trust I'm willing to put into Gerard Gallant. I think if Dolan's not an idiot, if Drury can get him under control, you know, maybe with the help of Glenn Sather, because you know, we always we no 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 we no no we. No, no, just listen. We always, we've always known that Sather has had Dolan's ear. Whatever Sather says to Dolan is as good as gold. If Sather puts in a great word for Gallant, saying, "Look, you know, let's give this guy four or five years to, to you know, to to help you know some of these younger kids continue to grow and take the next step," we're gonna be fine. Then I think you're going to see the Rangers. Th- that I think that Stanley Cup window is going to burst wide open. Yeah, but the window's not open now. No, let's it, let's get let's get real here. It's not it, open now. It's it's gonna it's, it's on the, it's on the near horizon. But let's it, let's let's get a sustained playoff run and get sustained success under our feet the, first the, before the, we start right, saying the window's the, open. The like, first key the first key is making the playoffs. You know, whether you win a round or two, you got to – it's baby steps. You're not just going to burst into the playoffs and, oh, the Rangers' first postseason run with these kids, they're going to win the Cup. No. It's going to take a couple of, you know, a couple of years. Should the Rangers win win a Cup in the next five, six years? Absolutely. Is it going to happen overnight? Absolutely not. Look, the best example I can give you, look at the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. And look, look how good that team is. Look at the cast and crew they've assembled over the years. And, it, you know, it's not one post. Look, they might go home this year. It's not one postseason run that gets it done. Well, at this point, you almost would be surprised if they don't. 
you know, it, I mean, it, they had Vegas done yesterday. Well, okay, but another, but another example also for Ranger fans to look to is our favorite, you know, our favorite joke, the Tampa Bay Rangers. Right. Their window started in thirteen fourteen. They made the cup run fourteen fifteen lost. You know, 15-16, back to the playoffs, 16-17, 17-18, 18-19. You know, the, the massive playoff failure in 18-19. And then, you know, 19-20, they broke through. Yeah. You know, it, it's one of those things. It take, And that's a run of, you know, six years that I'm talking about. Right. Like, that, it, it's, it's, it's not something that happens overnight. So if Ranger fans are looking for an immediate fix... It's not going to happen. No. no. And, and and if they don't get it this year, or the, you can't sit there and say, oh, the window's closing. Oh, God, what's happening? Like, come on. Like, relax. Well, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I'd be surprised. I know the word is that jury's waiting to see the fallout, if anything, from the second round. I have to imagine that that's just waiting to see if if there's a, a fallout with Brindamore. Like I say again, I, I think that's highly unlikely. It is fantasy. I love to to think it's potential is possible. Yeah, Rod, Rod, Rod would be the most not, shocked person in the world if Rod, Rod DeBod leaves Carolina. He, it would he, be insanity. He's not leaving. But if he did, you can't say that you wouldn't want him as. I mean, no. It, it, look, as much as I love Gallant and I want him as head coach, and I've wanted Gallant as head coach since the day Vegas fired him. I actually said that day I was like, "Go fire David Quinn right now and name Gerard Gallant the head coach." Like, I want to go on immediately. So, it's one of those, but if, if Rod Brindlemore becomes available, yeah, you, you you go get Rod Brindlemore. Because look what he's done with an ownership group that's not willing to spend money. And, you know, and you really have to build, draft and develop, which there's nothing wrong with drafting and develop. It's the right way to go. But right. the, Rangers, the Rangers have a franchise goaltender. They have a, a franchise number one in Adam Fox. They have a, a burgeoning superstar in Keandre Miller. Jacob Truba is one of the most underrated Rangers that there is. You know, Alexi Lafreniere is going to be a monster. He is going to be a problem. Can't All right. See, can't uh, our, to see him without the restraints that he had this year. Artemi Panarin is, we all know what Artemi is. Artemi is a, is a bona fide superstar in this league. Okay, yeah, they're they're because the manager is just going to continue to keep getting better. Pavel Butchnevich, his game should only continue to elevate. Like there are pieces here. the The Rangers have some extremely elite and high end uh, potential talent that I would love to see Rod Brindamore take to the next level. So, yeah, but, and look, the the range again for us. We've talked about this before. I don't really think the Rangers need too many tweaks up top. It's the third line and fourth line. It's rounding out the roster. Right. And it's... if they could do what the Tampa Bay Lightning did last year and look but... at that piece and put all of that together now, I think they'll be better off. Yeah. Because I think that's a big piece of what Tampa missed in their six-year run. A lot of what they missed is having, you know, they were too top-heavy. Or they yeah, relied they, too much on guys like Stamkos, and if they got shut down or they had the injury issues that Stamkos has had, they've they've kind of fallen off the back off the wagon. They they finally go out and they adjust everything on the bottom and look at this team now. 
The team Tampa, could likely win the cup again this year. Tampa Bay was literally, we're just going to go out there and outskill you. Mm-hmm. And then when they saw, okay, that doesn't get it done in the playoffs, just having all that top end skill, they went, okay, you know, we got to change some stuff. This? Yeah. And they went out, they fixed it, and they won the cup. So yep. the Rangers are, in my opinion, that's what they need to do. They need to round out this roster. They, the third line needs to get a little bit, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more checking. You know, they need a little bit more of that, that checking, that classic checking third line. And then they need that fourth line that they need their 2014 fourth line back that could grind and uh, shut down an opposing. Nuts. Yep. It could shut down an opposing team's top four, uh, top six, you know, and also by, by their own. They could also have off, drive off sense of possession and create havoc. So that, that has nothing to do with goons or no. going out and getting a bunch of, of goon players. That's no. that's not what it, it's, it's not it. You know, so the Rangers just need to make a couple tweaks and round out the bottom of the the forward group, and you know, you get a real head coach in here because look, I, I think David Quinn is just. I have nothing personal against David Quinn. I just think he's a college coach. He's made for college. He's not an NHL coach. His philosophy of you're going to play how I want, that works with with 18, 19-year-olds who have no money and are playing because, you know, they're in college and they love the game. When you're you're coaching 20, 22-year-olds who are making $3 million, you know, that whole message of you're going to do what I want it rings hollow. Yeah, that so, mentality doesn't really work anymore. Yeah, so I think I think that was a big issue for Quinn. And I, you know, look, I think he could. Not to mention, I think Quinn's issues were he couldn't adapt in game. Well, there was a lot of stuff. I mean, there was a but lot of stuff. There was, but, but it is what it is. You know, I think you get you get a coach in here who you know can can coach to his roster and not and adjust. at his roster. And, and adjust, yeah. adjust in game, and the Rangers are going to have something cooking. Yeah. All right, so we will. Uh, that's all we got for this episode. Hopefully, we'll have more news by the next time we go. Obviously, running on the every other week schedule, unless something happens. I mean, if they hire Gerard a lot by the weekend or whatever, we'll, we'll be back. I, I did say that I, I thought did, it was going to be. Did, my, you did. You did pull a prediction. I did. I did say Wednesday or Thursday this week. And it's Wednesday as we. You know what this is late? Yeah, it's Wednesday as we record this, and no news, and uh, you know we'll we'll see. But uh, I still, right, so, I still, I still will put out there: Gerard Gallant will be the next head coach of the New York Rangers. I, I I believe I firmly believe that. It's the same feeling, and I said this a couple of days ago. I had in 2014 when Elaine Vigneault became available. I just looked at it. I said, Glenn Sather's hot. He's got his eyes on AV, and it's going to be nobody else. And that was pretty much the case. So I think I, I think it, it's Gallant is the leader in the clubhouse, and the only way it changes is if Rod Brindamore's like, I'm out of here. I hate you, Tom Dundon. Or if Tom, Dundon, I... or if Tom Dundon just goes straight, whoop, whoop. That would be uh, just wow. All right, so the FHN, we're excited to announce a launch of our new project. We've talked about this a bunch of times. 
Well, I'm just kind of hitting it home because we're just going to keep hitting it home. The NHL, the FHL, the NHL, the FHL. Well, the NHL is expanding. They expanded to Seattle. So there you go. The FHN is expanding its podcast lineup for next season with the addition of three new shows. So obviously right now we have two for roughing, which is broadcasting, which is uh, publishing on Tuesdays and then 30 on Broadway, which comes out on Wednesdays, which is now being dubbed as Team Day Wednesdays. Uh, to round out the weekly lineup, we have on Mondays the weekend wrap-up, which will cover all things to NHL from the previous weekend. On Thursdays, down on the farm, which covers all things prospects, juniors, college, overseas, and the minor leagues. And then on Fridays is the betting lines, which would be joining Nick on his on his uh, flagship little project, talking all things sports betting as well as fantasy hockey. So we're looking to add contributors to those specific to those to those shows. And again, if you're even if you're looking at, hey, I've got an idea on the Seattle Kraken, or the Vegas Golden Knights, or the dare I say New York Islanders. Ooh. You want to do a, a team podcast? That's Team Day Wednesdays. We'll add you on to our Team Day Wednesday lineup. So solo contributors, or if you're a group or a team, I would say probably up to four. Are, are welcome. Uh, in addition to that, we are also adding additional writers for specific NHL teams. So we currently plan to have all 32 teams covered with individual writers by the beginning of the next season. We are currently accepting writers for all teams, including those that we currently have coverage on, which are right now the Coyotes, the Bruins, the Sabres, the Blue Jackets, the Red Wings, the Panthers, the Canadians, the Predators, the Rangers, the Penguins, and the Vegas Golden Knights. Tried to almost do that with no taking a breath. It was very hard. So if you're looking to write for any of the teams in the NHL, we've got a spot. If you're interested in joining us, all you got to do is go to the FHN.net and click on Join FHN Team. When you do that, you'll see all of our information uh, and all, all pretty much all the information as well as a form to fill out to submit your interest, and uh, we'll get you – We'll get you set up on the FHN uh, family. That's all I got for this one. Hopefully, we'll be back next week with some new news. That, that's it, and that's that. And as we say in hockey, whoop whoop. <laughs>